Hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Odyssey podcast. I'm here from, with Kelsey Johnson from Aweber and we're going to talk about how to use email to drive customers back to your store. So first Kelsey, what kind of, what kind of customers does email marketing work best for? What kind of merchants? So we generally say that email marketing works for everybody, or at least you should definitely try it for everybody. Um, email marketing, if you think about the flow, it, you know, you have a lot of marketing efforts, whether it's ads, whether it's social media, um, whether it's even just having a storefront that brings people into your business in the first place. And email marketing is one of the, one of those wonderful things that actually drives more repeat business, or it can sort of nurture people who have heard of you, but who haven't purchased from you yet, um, but who maybe have signed up originally for, you know, a freebie or for a promo code. And it can um, result in more people making repeat purchases or making initial purchases when they haven't, right when they heard from your business in the first place. Okay, so do people still, I mean, I use email, I'm guessing you still emails, but the, the, water, the wider public, do they still use email? Yeah, but it's, you know, it has changed a little bit. Um, I would say the wider public uses email more than any other platform because everyone's using it for some purpose, whether it's for work, whether it's for, you know, communicating with their families or just getting personalized emails. Now there is, you know, especially if you use Gmail, there's like this promotions tab that a lot of emails end up in, but that doesn't mean that uh, people aren't using email, you know, in their everyday life, like most people will literally look at their inbox every single day, at least once. And so it's this really great um, personal way to get into somebody's, you know, in, in contact with somebody. Now, I'm not talking about like buying a big list and, you know, sending out emails to a bunch of people who don't want to hear from you. So the right way to do email th these days is to actually have people opt in to receive emails from you, have only the people who actually want to hear from you, the people who are actually going to make those additional purchases, the ones on your email list. But once you do have that list, you have that group of people who are you know, your ideal customer or people who have per purchased from you before or who are thinking about it, you know, depending on your um, sales, like time frame, then you really should, you know, you should put together that list of people so that they can be, you know, you can be in contact with them um, in order to make more sales. People are used to make making purchases in their inboxes. They're like, okay getting more used to it on social media, you know, and obviously people will search out your business um, store online, but people are very used to making purchases from their inboxes because they're used to getting, you know, promotions and sales from there. So is this, is this true even for the millennials, these, those people who like glue to their phones, are they still using email? Yeah, uh, millennials are definitely still using email. I think maybe a little bit less of, um, people in the Gen Z, maybe younger than millennials in their early 20s. But what's happening right now in social media is, so everybody, you know, got all excited and built up these great social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok, and they're using that to drive more business. But what people are realizing now, and especially with things like TikTok shutting down your account and, um, and Facebook and Instagram going down last year, what business owners are starting to realize is that those audiences aren't owned by them. 
they don't have any control over contact. You know, they can talk, contact those people directly through the platform, but they are subject to the platform's algorithm. They can get shut down at any time at the whim of the platform itself. And their content, their sales, their promotions aren't being sent to every single person every single time. So this is my roundabout way of saying that actually in you know the millennial generation and even the younger generations, people are starting, the business owners are starting to drive more people to email by saying, listen, you know, if something happens, I want to be able to get into contact with you, you know, sign up for my email list. Or, you know, they're themselves saying, like, I want people on my email list so that I can continue to make sales, even if something happens to my social media. So they run these incentivizing campaigns on, say, Instagram or TikTok saying, here's my freebie, you know, like, let's say you sell candles here. I'll send you a, a little mini candle and a sticker if you just sign up for my email list. Now that's enough of an incentive for somebody to actually sign up for that list. And then once you're signed up for some of these lists from these stores that you like, even in the sort of younger generations, then, you know, you are back in the swing of getting used to making purchases and going into your inbox and checking your email. So what kind of percentage of sales would you think is a healthy amount to get from email if you're an average e-commerce business? You know, I can't speak directly to that. I would say that, um, you know, maybe like they say that the 60% of your sales come from repeat business. Now, you know, you and I talked before the um, podcast recording about your business and how that's not particularly true for your business model. So I think it depends on your business model and the type of customers you have. But the fact of the matter is you are far more likely to make a sale to somebody who has already purchased from you because they know who you are. They know the quality of what they're getting. They know how fast, especially in e-commerce, they know how fast it's going to get to you. They can sort of trust your business and they, you know, this overcoming this trust of buying from somebody new is is far more difficult in the human psyche than, okay, I already trust this business. I'm going to make more purchases from them. So in terms of your overall, you know, income, you know, your overall revenue coming in from email, I think it just depends on your email efforts and your, you know, how much other ads you're running or how you're bringing in other business. But, you know, that's sort of 60% of your business coming from repeat business is certainly um, something to think about. Okay. Another thing to think about is the price of email marketing. If you compare it to running ads on literally any platform, it's just you know pennies on the dollar. So you're talking about having an email marketing platform. You know you have to um, either use your time or hire somebody to set up a flow where you're getting people either from your social media platforms, like we just talked about, or from your sales that just happened, uh, setting up automations to get those people added into your email marketing platform, and then either setting up automations inside your platform or sending, you know, regular emails out to them, whether it's sales emails or um, discounts or anything like that. But so that's so, so that we're talking time but the cost of email marketing platforms themselves is very, very low relative to the cost of at running ads 
and trying to bring in repeat or new and repeat business that way. Okay, so this is a good a good uh, time to move on to the next question. Is what are the steps that you would take to run a successful email marketing campaign? From from imagine I knew nothing about email marketing. <laughs> well, first you need a tool. Um, so I would say you know sign up for an email marketing tool. Um, you know, test some of them out, make sure that it's affordable and it's, you know, at least got the basics and is kind of easy to use. So what, what are um, the basics? So the basics are, you know, um, subscriber list, uh, email automation. So you don't have to know what email automation is, but make sure that it's included in the platform because it makes your life a lot easier. Um, I would say a platform that does um, a decent amount of reporting and split testing so that later mm -hmm. on down the line, you can test things against each other. And then um, basically every email platform these days, all of them are going to have sign up forms, but all of them are going to have um, landing page builders too. And mm -hmm. you want a landing page builder because it just makes getting those signups easier. You don't have to think about your website as much um, and you can really you know, figure out that platform. So, and then one other thing that we always like to talk about at Aweber is support. No matter how much you know about everything and all the documentation you read and everything that, you know, all the YouTube videos that you watch, when it comes down to it, putting together, together technology, you can still just be like, I just want it to do this one thing and I don't know how to do it and I don't want to read any more pages. So make sure you've got a good support team that you can actually reach out to who knows mm -hmm. what they're talking about. So yeah, so you get your platform um, set up and then particularly for, um, you know, the listeners of this podcast who are running e-commerce stores, I would say one of the best things to do first, other than if you already have some sort of existing list, you know, have a team migrate that into your account. Um, there's a, a special way you need to do that based off of how you've been contacting them in the past. You have to make sure if you haven't emailed somebody for two years and then you email them out of the blue, uh, you can sort of ruin your reputation online. So mm -hmm. that's another thing that that's- So keep your list current is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the first things that I would say, recommend you do is set up an integration. Now an integration, you know, it's kind of, uh, I'm sure like, you know, everybody's sort of heard of what this is, but the way that it works with an email marketing platform is let's say you have a Shopify store and somebody makes a purchase from that store or, you know, you want to sign them up for your freebie. You want to make sure that that person is automatically added to your email marketing tool. You do mm -hmm. not want to have to go into your Shopify store. I've worked in Shopify stores in the past through my career of consulting and stuff. And the thought of trying to go in there and pull a list of your recent purchasers out and download and upload, absolutely not. So the first thing I would do is set up that integration so that anybody starting now going forward who makes a purchase from your store is automatically added to your email marketing tool. Now you'll want to make sure that those people are what we call opted in. So you can automatically add them to your email marketing tool, but you need to then immediately send them an email saying, you know, you have been added to this list, like click here to continue to receive our So you emails. wouldn't also, you wouldn't in the checkout, you know, have a, the, the box pre-ticked, would that be bad practice? No, you can have a box pre-ticked too, or you can have a box them to tick to be um, automatically added in but we still recommend that you send an email 
asking them to opt in mm -hmm. to your list. Um, it's just the people who want to opt into your list are going to be the ones who purchase from you anyway. It, you know, there's so many people who get caught up on how big their list is, but when it comes down to it, you really need to think about the sales you're making. So you want the best customers in that list, not mm -hmm. just the most customers. Um, and that can also, you know, improve what we call deliverability, right? Your Google, Gmail, and Outlook, and all of those look at how many emails you send and how many get opened. And if you have a bigger number that get opened, they're more incentivized to, you know, put those emails into the actual inbox instead of the promotions tab or, you know, not send you to spam and stuff like that. So it's not too difficult, but I just always recommend that people, you know, really feel like they are sending emails to the right people, not the just quality the over people. quantity. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we've got our integration set up. We've got our um, opt-in email set up. Um, and, you know, ne up next, what I would do is put a sign-up form on your site. Now, I think the best way to do this in order to actually grow your list and actually make more sales from it is to put a pop-up form on your website, you know, maybe five seconds after somebody lands on mm -hmm. your website and offer them a discount. So there's two things that this discount does. The first thing it does is it makes it so that, you know, you say, hey, enter your email to get the discount and they have to actually opt in to get the discount. They have to click the subscribe to this list in order to get that discount code. So you are making sure you get an actual subscriber that way. The second thing it does is it makes them want to make that purchase that day. You know, you could say this disc set your discount code to only, you know, auto auto create one um, and then set it to only um, work for 24 hours or something or only work for the next two hours or something like that. And that way you can make that first sale. And, you know, there's there's definitely like you're you're giving away something at that point right and you want to make sure that you're not under you know devaluing your product too much or you know you want to actually make a profit so take that into consideration when you give away that discount code but it can be a really great way and a very easy way to grow your list just from the traffic that's reaching but if you in my experience okay I, well, i'd be worried doing that because we tried that on our site and i found that mm -hmm. basically it felt to me very much like we were giving money and people were only signing up to get the discount and we never heard from them again or they weren't responding to any emails after that and they probably would have made the purchase anyway so how do you how can you you know work out whether you're actually you know you're getting value above and beyond that well, the first thing I would do is test the price point of the discount itself. So if you did a 20% discount, you might want to try to lower it to a 10% discount or even a 5% discount, which is basically, you know, tax. It's, it's not a huge discount, but it's still incentivizing. Mm -hmm. You know, it still gets people excited about that and see at what point people are actually not making more purchases or not even signing up for for the list right test it maybe for a month or depending on your traffic and how many people mm -hmm. are making sales and then the next thing i would do is i would set up an automated welcome campaign for the people who get that discount code because you know a, another thing that's really great about email is 
the most excited somebody is about your business is right after they make that first purchase. So you can actually set up automations after that to tell them about your other really popular products or try to get them opted into your social media or, you know, give, you know, just create bundles or something like that, where you are really, really pitching this person a lot in that first five days, I would say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, test that out as well. See which ones of those emails are actually enticing people to not just make that first purchase at that sale price, but make further purchases. And you can track all of the purchases that they're making in the email marketing platform itself. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I really like about setting up that sort of automation right after somebody gets signed up is that you can set it and forget it. So even if, like you said, you know, I know that you've struggled with email in your business. Um, and how you, you told me that quite frankly, it just didn't work for you. Um, even if that's true, you can still get those touch points. You can still get that, um, sort of brand awareness so that they at least see your emails over the next five days. And Mm -hmm. you're not doing any additional work. You already set it up. All you have to do is maybe check it once a quarter to make sure the products are still there, um, to make sure that things are still relevant and, Um, but, but you can drive, even if you're driving only like a couple of additional purchases, it's worth the price because you've already set it up and the cost of the email software itself is quite low. Mm -hmm. So what would you say? Okay. So what tips do you have for building a list? So, yeah, so I would do the automation. Um, I would do the pop-up form, um, for your list. I would, uh, make sure that list building is a part of your social strategy, Um, And that can be as simple as, you know, if you have a link tree or if you have a landing page in your um, social platform, make sure that there's both a place for somebody to sign up for your list there, an incentive for them to. Um, With e-commerce, a lot of times that is that freebie. It's that little giveaway. But that thing can be pretty small, you know. Um, Like I said, just that sample size of the candle has incentivized me in the past to sign up for that. Um, And then if you have a really engaged audience, you know, you've got a really niche product, something that people are very like, you know, engaging with a lot of your content on social media in a repeat way, you can actually just incentivize somebody to sign up by saying, you know, we want you to be able to hear from us in case something happens. We want to be able to get in touch with you with, you know, we run um, sales, but they're really limited time. So what if you're not on social media for that time? We want to make sure that you can get that sale in your inbox. And so sort of use that way to incentivize people to sign up for your list. Um, but that's, I think, you know, that's basically it. It's um, with e-commerce, you want to make sure, you know, you're, you're getting people signed up for your list right when they're on your site. You get them signed up for your list from social media and you're, you've got that integration set up so that people who have already purchased from you are being added. But obviously, you don't want to push too much for people signing up for an email list when what you're really pushing for is the sale of your products, right? Okay. So what automations? Okay, so we've got, we've got the, 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 the integration done. We've got the, you know, the, the, the collection of the emails is going. What automations would you recommend? So um, in addition to the automation, you know, right when you first sign somebody up right send okay, them that so talk, tell, us, tell us about that so how would you structure like a welcome series uh i would say you know the i would send 
actually what I would do <laughs> for a business like an e-commerce store is I would send a different popular product every single day for five days or depending on your inventory, um, send something to the person who just signed up um, that's like, you know, people who bought, we've seen this, people who bought what you purchased um, might like this, or this is the most popular thing in our store. And then I would add some social proof under it, right? Somebody like a comment from social media or a review that you got or a testimonial just saying like, like in the case of your store, like, oh, uh, I got this for my friend and, you know, her her baby loved it or her toddler loved it, or, you know, this is so much nicer than, um, the stuff that I've gotten from big box stores or, you know, anything mm -hmm. like that, like create, you know, excitement for each new product with the testimonial underneath it. Um, it's, there's something so cool about being a small business in e-commerce that the products themselves are actually exciting for people to hear about. People want to hear about those additional products. So I would build that out five days to start. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you can keep adding maybe like a week after if you've got tons of products um, and, and you can do that, you know, set it up so that every week ongoing people are, are just hearing about something new and, you know, you turn it into like a, a featured Friday or something, you know, check out. So you would send everyone so like, like a, a weekly, a week. So the first, so you'd have like a welcome series of five products. And then you, what would you would send everyone in your list of product every week saying, you know, like an ongoing email to everyone in your list or. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you have a huge turnover in products, in which case you might want to do more of a manual send. Um, but if you've got a lot of inventory that's largely popular and that you sell a lot of, I would just set that up as an automation on a weekly basis. Just to send and everyone on your list a good this week's this week's product. Yeah. With a, with a... Yep, absolutely. Um, and then you know what you can dive into more. I, we're talking on sort of a beginner level, but yeah. if you want to get a bit more sophisticated with it, you can add personalization to that. Now, personalization is this hugely popular thing in 2022, especially for smaller businesses because it's becoming more available, but it doesn't have to be super complicated. So let's say, let, let's go back to the example of your store, right? You've got, um, you sell things for, for babies. Yeah, and kids, for preschool, toddlers. stuff like that. Yeah. So you could um, categorize all of your products according to maybe an age range. Mm -hmm. Now, the person who bought for that age range is probably more likely to buy again for that age range, right? Whether it's for their own kid or for a gift, but the kid that they bought it for is not going to change age ranges super quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what you can do is um, basically that subscriber, that person that's in your email list, you can give them a tag, which is a very simple way to do it, but you can do it, you know, automatically according to the product. You give them a tag, you say this person, you know, has a newborn or this person has the, these age ranges that they've purchased for in the past. And you can cater those emails specifically to that age range. And what you could even do it like, this is a very specific case, but what you could do is, you know, cater it to that age range. And then in about like a year or two, if they're still receiving your emails, change, you know, move those people have them wait two years and then give them a new tag because that kid's probably older. Now, this is stuff that seems like it's super complicated, but it can be done by like 
totally untech savvy people, you know, if you think like, well, I started a store just to start a store and now I have to learn all of this digital marketing stuff. It's not that complicated to do with the platforms that are being built for small businesses now. Yeah. And so, you know, that is one of the ways in which if you're just sending the same things out to everybody and you're not seeing that great of results, you can try to piece out some of these personalization things, maybe even a gender. Um, I know that I'm not sure if gender applies that much to kids anymore. I don't know. When I was a kid, they did. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's it's oppressive. Yeah, but you could, you know, you could do something like that. And it's not, it's not a surefire way. You know, you're not putting people into rigid categories. You're more just generalizing the way that you personalize the emails that you send to them. Now, I want to talk about another um, automation that we absolutely need to get set up, and that is a abandoned cart automation. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is, as everyone probably knows, the um, email that you send out if somebody puts something in their cart, but then they don't make a purchase. Now, if you use a platform like um, Shopify, I would set that up in Shopify itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you need an additional abandoned cart platform platform to send that out, but you can too. Um, the difference would be the Shopify emails that go out tend to be not super branded. They're a little bit more transactional. And if you want to make this you know, really pretty and add a bunch of other stuff onto it, um, then you could do that too, where you know, the person is added into your email marketing tool um, from, you know, from putting it into their cart and then they're sent an email saying, you know, oh, uh, what happened, you know, do you, you know, the normal stuff. I mean, it's people are used to getting abandoned cart emails. They know yes, they're I, automated. I'll tell you the, the situation with Shopify. I mean, Shopify, you can do an abandoned cart email. You can brand it. The issue you have is you can only send, you can't do a flow. You can only send one email. Whereas yeah. if you use a tool, then you can do a flow. So you can't do, um, you can't, for example, say you left something in your cart and then a second email saying, how about you get a discount? You have to do it all in the first email, which yeah. is... Would you recommend doing a, a kind of a flow or would you recommend, and also do you recommend doing a, um, a discount and a abandoned card email? I don't recommend the discount. Um, and I am not an e-commerce expert, so you might disagree with me on this, um, but I think that it devalues your product. If somebody, mm-hmm. the first, you know, when they try to make a purchase and then they get a discount later on, they're going to think, well, why, why would I have purchased it at the original price? Now that, I think that the discounts probably work to drive more sales. So it depends on, you know, what you're sort of thinking in terms of, of the way that you want to run your business. But I, if it was my business, I wouldn't do the discount. Yeah, I mean, I'd obviously rather not give discounts, but I found with the band of card emails, the performance, the difference in performance, if you had a discount and if you don't have a discount, you get a lot more um, conversions. Five times. Well, and that just proves that you need to test for your own audience. Um, Another thing, you know, that's really true about all marketing, but email marketing specifically too, is it's different for every small business. Your audience, your customer base, um, the way that they interact with your business, the way that they care about the products that they're buying are all different. And so if you do test out the discount and you know, like you said, you, you tend to have less repeat business anyway. So maybe that discount was, you know, really valuable to at least make that initial sale. Um, but again, I stand by what I say. I, I don't think that I it's would. Different do it horses, if I was for, horses for courses. 
<laughs> so, okay. So what other, so you um, oh, and then yeah. I do want to answer your first question, yeah, sorry. Um, which is, would you do a flow or would you just do an initial yeah. email? And my answer to that is get something up now. So if you aren't doing this yet, um, use Shopify or whatever, you know, tool that actually have, you know, you can send those emails out through, um, to get that set up initially. And then if you get, you know, if you're starting to set up your email marketing as it is anyway, you, you know, prioritize doing that flow as well. Cause you're right that, you know, multiple emails are more likely to make their way to the inbox and, you know, resonate with somebody and remind them to, to make that purchase, uh, inevitably. Okay. So what are the, okay. So you've got the welcome flow. Um, you've got the abandoned cart. What other flows would you recommend? Uh, I don't recommend too many more. What I would say is, you know, especially, you know, for an e-commerce business, sometimes I recommend different ones for more like service-based businesses, but I would set up a birthday automation. Um, people tend to treat themselves a little bit more on their birthday. You can give them um, small discounts or freebies or just say happy birthday. And, you know, it's one of those things that you can use to remind somebody about your business, give them an additional touch point, you know, remind them that they bought from you or heard of you before signed up your list um, around their birthday and, and make it a really positive thing. Um, and, you know, then you can also potentially make more sales from that as well. Um, in addition to that, at getting started, as, you know, I would say that those are the main automations that you should set up. Um, and then you should start to prioritize sending, um, you know, one-off emails, what we call it a Weber broadcast, but basically just a, just a blast where you okay. send emails to your whole list. So one, one question, what would you, um, about, what about a customer win back email? Would you recommend that? A customer win back email? I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I know what a customer win back email is. Well, just like, you know, they haven't like. bought from you in 30 days or 60 days. You send an automation after 30 days saying, we've missed you. Come back. Yeah, I like that idea. I think, um, it's quite yeah, common. I haven't, I haven't thought about that too much in terms of um, e-commerce, but yeah, that sounds like a great idea too. Okay. So what would you recommend in terms of moving on to, you know, doing broadcasts? How would you, as it, for e-commerce businesses, what would you recommend? How would you best, how would they create the most successful broadcast emails? Um, I would say the, the, what you want to um, prioritize when it comes to broadcasts for e-commerce, and this depends, but largely is design. Um, you know, there are lots of types of emails that don't need design or plain text works better, especially in B2B, but for an e-commerce business, people really want to see pictures of your products. They want to see new products. They want to see things, um, grouped together. So another thing that I would recommend is even if you have, you know, new things that you're excited about and that you want to sell, certainly a, this is what's new broadcast, um, it can be very useful, but also sending out, you know, here are all of the things in this category and maybe even doing that in a personalized way too. You know, it might not be something new to your store, but it could be something that, you know, if you bought this one thing, you might like these other, you know, three additional things, or you can buy all of these things and they're for a, you know, kid this age, or these are all of the things in the color blue. Like there's a lot of ways where you can group things together. And if you make your broadcasts more specific, then you can write more specific subject lines 
and those specific su subject lines get opened more often. Now, okay. obviously, the the broadcasts that both get opened the most and make the most money are those discount broadcasts as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from time to time, if you're running a sale, which, you know, I think everybody does, make sure that you're sending out specific broadcasts for those sales and sending out a few of them, right? This is coming up. This is happening today only. You've got six hours left. You've got two hours left, you know, and making sure that you're getting the most attention from that, you know, sale that you're running, whether it's Black Friday, whether it's, you know, summer or school or something like that. So those are the ones that, you know, you're just going to make the most money from. So you, wouldn't, but... you wouldn't recommend like a blanket, you know, would you, how would you recommend seg segmenting up your, the audience? And would you recommend doing like a blanket, you know, offer 10% of everything Would that, is that too general? Uh, I think that 10% off everything works. Um, again, like, like we mentioned before, it really will depend on your audience. So my, you know, I've worked as a consultant for a boutique before, and it was like a women's clothing boutique. And uh, the email list that I sent emails to for this woman didn't get out of bed for less than 20%. So if we sent out a 10% discount, people didn't care. So yeah. what we would do is 20% off a particular brand or a particular type of item, you know, 20% off jeans or candles or jewelry or something like that, but it gets people on the store and they won't necessarily just purchase one thing. But I think it just depends on your audience, you know, trying out some of those blanket discounts, as long as you're still getting a profit from it, mm -hmm. um, is, is something that you, you know, you can keep testing. That's another reason why using an email marketing tool that does split testing can be really effective too. So you can send out two separate emails to the same audience, and this one is 15% and this one's 10%. And you can actually look at both the open rates, you can look at the click rates, and you can look at the sales that you're making in one go to see, you know, is, do, do my customers, do my repeat customers, are they willing to come back to my store for 10%? Because in the future, then you don't need to worry about giving more away than you need to. Um, do they, you know, you can run tests with like, you can do things like custom content in emails as well. So you send the same email with the same discount, but you do within the email, the product is different or, you know, it's more personalized. So you can sort of test out some of this stuff, but there's really no like big blanket rule. You really have to just continue to test your specific audience. But one thing that's really cool about testing them via email is that you learn more about what your audience is like, you know, how they make purchases, and you can take that and bring it to your other elements of marketing, whether it's, you know, if people care about quality or if people care about price or if people, you know, are resonating with your, you know, your best customers are resonating more with one thing than another, you can bring that to your ad copy for Google or to your social campaigns or to a lot of the other marketing that you're doing in order to identify those ideal customers. Okay. So, you know, we use a, we run a Shopify store, right? And when Shopify, there's Shopify email, which is a reasonably slightly, you know, it's a fairly basic email tool, but it, it, it does the trick. Um, would you recommend, you know, why would someone use something like Aweber over, you know, like a, a, a tool which comes with a platform? Well, like you said, it's got that automation um, available to it. Um, and 
you can just you can do a lot more testing you can do a lot more tagging and the integration is so easy to set up um, to bring those customers over that it you know it it makes it easier to really like make the types of emails that you want to send and do the testing and everything like that design can be a lot easier in an email marketing tool like i know that you said that you can do branded in the shopify itself um, but there are, there are, you know, more capabilities for design in an email marketing tool um, in terms of like embeddable smart content and, you know, even doing things like RSS feeds. So if you wanted to pull in the RSS feed for your store and create, um, you know, sp uh, specific automations that pull in your most recent products or something like that, that's something that you can do with a tool like Aweber. Um, and in general, ease of use. And you know, when you use a tool like an email marketing platform, you also get the resources that that tool has to offer. So that support team who can help you create the emails that you want, you know, without having to, obviously Shopify has that too, but you know, it can be a lot more complicated and a lot more difficult to um, configure those emails in the way that you want them. Yeah, I mean, certainly with Shopify, I mean, my experience with um, using other email platforms and also using Shopify, I mean, Shopify is quite cheap to use, but it doesn't have, you're right, it, 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 the email building tool is not that great. Um, it, it You can't use, generate, um, Kind of personalized content other than very yeah. basic things with their name you can't and say I, other people who bought this bought this yeah absolutely and i always recommend that people start just start with the shopify tool and as soon as it bugs you then look for something better yeah. um and and again you know the tools that you can use with shopify especially if you're starting your list uh, most email marketing tools have a free version. So you get a lot of those capabilities. You get, you know, the better builder and you get, um, you know, personalization and stuff like that that you can do that and it, it's free to start. So, you know, you might as well use that tool if you need it. And, and then for me, I'm like, use, use what you've got first until it's not working as well as you want it to, or it's, you know, bugging you in a certain way, and then, you know, search for those additional tools to make your life easier and make your emails better. And just take a look at your ROI, you know, make sure that when you're sending those emails, at least the um, purchases that are being made from those, the sales that are being made for those, you know, you're getting the return on your investment when it comes to use, uh, paying for that additional tool. Okay. So I know that I'm basically, I'm a big fan of marketplaces. So I love eBay, I love Amazon, um, but it's difficult on marketplace because you don't own the customer. So you don't generally have their email address. So I know you can't do email marketing to Amazon customers. You can't do it to eBay customers anymore. Um, what about Etsy? Do you know much about that? Yeah, so Etsy, you can do email marketing to your Etsy customers. Etsy sellers, we work with a lot of them at Aweber. And they get really scared because Etsy is very quick to pull the plug and shut down your store or give you a warning or something like that. Um, but it comes down to the way in which you do it. So you cannot take away a sale from Etsy and, uh, you know, and, and make like basically start the sale on Etsy and then take the customer somewhere else. That's totally illegal. You'll get shut down for that. But what yeah. you can do is once somebody 
makes a purchase from your store, you can set up an integration with a tool like Aweber so that that person is sent to your Aweber list. Now, it is absolutely necessary, not just an option for you to send that additional email. We talked about that opt-in mm-hmm. email saying, we've added you to, you know, we'd like to add you to our list. Here's what you're going to get. We promise not to blah, blah, blah. Um, hit subscribe here. And so you can get people opted into your list a little bit easier, you know, that way. And Etsy actually doesn't mind that because then what you do, once the person has agreed to be added to your list, you're sending them emails with more Etsy listings, right? And so at least with the a Weber integration with Etsy, you can also pull your products into the emails dynamically. So you just, you know, choose a product, put it into the email, say, this is what's new. This is you know, try out this thing. Um, you can set up like automated emails to go out each week with whatever your newest products are or each month, depending on how often you put that stuff up. And then, you know, Etsy doesn't care because you're sending them back to make more purchases. So, on when, your with Etsy, Etsy do, do, you, do you get the actual email address or is it a cloaked email address? You get the actual email address. So what's the um, stop you sending, getting an email from web, from, from Etsy and then sending them to your Shopify store? Uh, I don't think that there is anything to stop you from doing that, um, except that Etsy, and I don't know exactly the way they, they do this, but uh, Etsy has the tendency to figure that stuff out. <laughs> and so Etsy sellers tend to be super nervous anyway. But to be perfectly honest, I don't think that they're uh, there. I have read through their um, terms of service multiple times, and there actually aren't any rules against you know, you bringing in somebody through an integration, they opt in, they have to opt into your list and then you sending them to your Shopify store. I just know that, yeah, it's such a um, useful uh, discovery tool for so many Etsy sellers that I think people are just sort of like, you know, (laughs) like they deal with the, they deal with what they have to with the Etsy marketplace. I mean, it could be worse. It could be Amazon where they're not allowed to do that at all. Or like you said, eBay. Yeah, you used to be able to do it with eBay. Well, you used to be able to get their email addresses. You could never get them to opt in. That was a, yeah, anyway. It, was, it, was... it certainly is a struggle. But again, you know, a couple of really good customers who do opt into your list can, you know, especially if they're repeat customers, especially if they have high budgets for the stuff that you sell or they become people who refer your business to their friends or tell people about you. You know, that's why I talk about quality instead of quantity. You can get kind of down about the fact that nobody's opting into your email. But even if it is like 10%, 15% of the people who you're adding to your list, those are the people who really like you. Those are the people who want to hear about your new products and are probably going to make those repeat purchases. And, you know, just a few people and just the right people can really drive those additional sales. Okay. So, um, now I'm just going to be a bit selfish. I'm going to ask you about what you think. We talked about this already. What do you think? What do you think we should do for my business? Because we have tried emails lots of different ways. Um, we have used Clavio. Um, we've done kind of welcome series. We did we did the sign up um, uh, to build a list. We did like a sign up ten percent off, and it just seemed that people joined to get the welcome to get the ten percent off, and then they joined the welcome series. And then when we emailed them again, we didn't get any discount. We didn't get any sales. We did a customer win back series. Uh, we did a uh, we've got a, we had an abandoned cart email, but that did work quite well. Um, though um, perhaps not as well as it should have done. And uh, we also had we did various kind of campaigns which got very limited sales. 
Um, I don't know whether that's because I think it's because people who buying kids stuff aren't buying it for themselves and therefore they're not, you know, it's not a hobby or something that they're, they're looking to buy right. products for. Um, they're not necessarily. How do you think? So I don't know. It's not for any lack of trying. Um, have you got any bright ideas what we could do? I do have one idea and I am one that's very willing to admit that sometimes it just email might just not work for certain businesses. And as long as you've tried, <laughs> you know, we've tried. Um, but one thing that is working really well in email and in marketing in general right now is a more education and almost community building. So if somebody is buying, you know, kids stuff, but they're not necessarily buying them for yourself for themselves, what you could do is send out emails rather than entirely purchase-based emails or product-based emails. You could try to grow your brand via email with things like here is trends in buying, say, wooden toys for toddlers. Uh, here's a, you know, almost like a blog post or just, an, you know, all the education within the email about uh, what, you know, uh, eight-year-old girl's our favorite toys are send those kinds of things out, especially leading up to Christmas or, you know, just on a sort of regular cadence, send out kind of a newsletter that mm -hmm. is less product focused and more education focused so that what you're doing is actually telling people what kinds of products they should be buying in general, but they are hearing it from you. They're cl probably clicking on the emails more often because they like the education. And one of the examples that I think of for this is my vet sends me emails all the time that are like, my, my dog's name is Jetta. And they'll be like, what is um, Jetta? You know, what do you think? Do you think Jetta might need to have her teeth cleaned? Or what if Jetta eats a grape? What should you do? You know, and obviously dog owners yeah. are so involved in their dogs. But like, I like the idea of that sort of education piece where you're building up. It might not be that immediate sale that you're making but you're building up the community you're building up the trust in your brand and people are going to be more likely once they want to make that purchase of that wooden toy of that eight-year-old girl toy um to come back to your business specifically for it okay that sounds like a, we might even try that That sounds like a good idea <laughs> so like okay being great advice on email i'm going to ask you a bit left field question here i like to ask a kind of fluffy question at the end what has inspired you recently anything it could be a book could be a film could be anything <laughs> well I, i've got um i've got a two-fold answer for you Excellent. um i have been incredibly inspired recently by a sort of area of tiktok called book talk oh, now my degree is originally in english literature and so i'm a big reader um, but there is a whole group of people on TikTok who have found each other who are just recommending books to each other. And I absolutely love it. I've been buying tons of books. <laughs> and um, so if you're a bookseller, make sure you're on TikTok. Get on Gosh, there. Start good, talking about your book. Um, and I got into a book called uh, Mistborn by Brian Sanderson. He's um, kind of a popular sci-fi fantasy author. Um, and he wrote this book years ago, but I only just heard about it and I absolutely love it. I just finished it and I'm reading the second one now. So that's been making Miss me really Bourne. happy. Miss as in M-I-S-B-O-R-N. M-I-S-T-B-O-R-N. Like, Miss like Bourne, the okay. mists, you know, Mist, okay. like fog. <laughs> right, okay. And it's just lovely. It's well-written. Um, I do like that sort of sci-fi fantasy. It's taking me out of, you know, some of the difficult stuff happening in the world right now. And I, I'm enjoying the escapism, but I also- cool. 
my heart goes out to book talk for introducing me to this book author, talk so. okay i'll give it a go great <laughs> yeah, Lovely to speak to you. thanks so much for sharing your email tips yeah thanks for having me on okay bye-bye